0: Hey guys, before we dive into this week's episode, I've got a little offer for you. This year I launched my online studio, Mindful Moment, and I'd love for you to prioritise your own well-being and come and have a free trial. You'll get unlimited 24-hour access to my growing library of meditations, mindfulness techniques, breathwork and movement sessions, yoga classes, sound healing recordings, and more. Whether you've got two minutes or a full day, and whether you want to improve your sleep, feel calmer, or let go of damaging thought patterns, there are sessions there to support you. All from the comfort of your own home on your own timetable. Go to lilysilverton.com forward slash mindful hyphen moment to start your free seven-day trial today.
1: What I can't understand is that when I was told I had absolutely no, I didn't go into a panic mode or anything. I All I thought was I need to sort my life out. I need to get things done and sort it out so that I could leave my legacy behind. I don't know, maybe I was born with something that said to me, you don't worry about something like that.
0: Welcome to Priorities, the podcast about the things in life that really matter. I'm your host, journalist and coach Lily Silverton. And each week, along with a roster of incredible guests, I'll be exploring how priorities inform and transform our lives. Sharing mindset tips, strategies, and inspiration to help you prioritize your own life. We'll be covering what we think is important and unimportant, what we'd like to work on more, and the moments that changed our priorities and lives forever. I hope you enjoy. My guest today is Dame Zandra Rhodes, who has been a trailblazing figurehead of the UK fashion industry for more than five decades. An eponymous pioneer of the British and international fashion scene since the late 60s. Sandra's career has seen her collaborate with brands such as Valentino, Topshop, and Map Cosmetics. And she's dressed everyone, from David Bowie to Princess Diana. She's the founder of the Fashion and Textile Museum in Bermondsey, London. And 50 years on from when she began her career, she continues to produce collections in her unique signature aesthetic, as well as partner with brands. This year sees the launch of her collaborations with Happy Socks and IKEA. Welcome Sandra. Lovely to be here on this uh, cold day. <laughs> on this very cold spring day. How's your morning been so far? I, I actually know from interviewing you before that you are a morning person.
1: Oh yes, this morning I had exercises. So um I I so I've recovered from that and then <laughs> we it's my lucky day because Kelly came in and um uh, with the lockdown, she hasn't been, she doesn't come in every day, but it means that we go over things. So it's been quite a nice energetic morning.
0: Do you have a bit of a routine in the mornings?
1: Uh, well, but, I mean, I, I'm very strict that I'm, I mean, I start exactly on nine and um, and try and do the main essentials of what I consider the boring part where you've got to reply to things. I try and get that all over with by about 10. And then really I'm now cataloguing all my work for the Sandra Rose Foundation. So that has to be all in order. Um, and then different design projects that we're working
0: on. So in the way, it's very exciting. I bet. So um, when I asked you in advance what your main priorities were, you really said your work and preserving legacy.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, your work is very far from boring, so I don't think so. Um, That's true. <laughs> you very recently, in 2019, celebrated your 50th year in fashion.
1: Oh, I know. We, I mean, that was at the end of 2019. Um, we celebrated my 50 years in fashion and we had an exhibition at the... Fashion Textile Museum, which is below this penthouse, which I founded, and then we came into 2020 and suddenly the whole world shut down. Then I realized that if I had, I didn't really have time on my hands because I've got design projects, but now was the time to really make sure that all my work is catalogued and then I'm putting a very extensive collection into the museum as their permanent reference. So we've been sorting out the clothes and give, making sure everything's catalogued, numbered, and everything like that, which has been a much more mammoth job than I'd ever considered, Could I, I'm like a squirrel hiding its nuts. I, hide all, I finalize a collection, sell it, then of course I just put it away. And so it's been getting it out and deciding which ones aren't all right, what's going to happen to them, what's, you know, where they're going to. to.
0: How did you get started in fashion? I know you've said this a million times. Give us a very brief, brief bullet point. How did you get started in it?
1: I trained as a textile designer, um, printed textile designer at the Royal College of Art. And then when I left, I tried to sell my work, and people would say, Well, that's a bit, bit, bit extreme. I wouldn't know what to do with it, you know. So that I designed all these things, and no one could see what they could do with them. And I, so I don't know whether it what made, made me do it, but I then went straight to the trendy designers of the day. This is in gosh, about 1964 to, um, I went to um, Fole and Tuffin, who were the head designers in trendy Carnaby Street. And they loved what I had and then said, but we need you to print it. So basically I became the manufacturer of my own product. So I was a printer. So I sold the prints directly to the designer not selling it to a a company who then printed it, so I went so I, I went and did that, and that went very well. I did sell some prints at the time and did a tour around Australia promoting my prints, but basically, I then thought, well, went full and in, and then found my prints too extreme. I then thought, well. I'll make them into my own set of dresses. So basically, I printed for myself and learned to make dresses. And so that's really how it happened.
0: How have you kept your energy over 50 years of creating, Zandra?
1: Oh, well, it always seems to be there. I mean, I suppose it's really that I'm lucky that I like my work. And so... It's a case that it's great when I'm lucky enough that people also want it, then I have a reason, not just a reason for doing it and storing it in a cupboard, but a reason that I can do it and then someone's going to have it for themselves, whether it's happy socks or myself that's got this on or, um, you know, whether I can, someone's interested, like, I've got my IKEA stuff coming up, so it's great. People are going to be able to have my prints and everything, so I can't ask for a lot more.
0: Tell us about the IKEA collaboration quickly. I got taken to Sweden um, and
1: to meet. They do this wonderful interior show called Formex where they show crockery and all sorts of things to do with the the inside of the house rugs sheets and um, there was a girl was caught you know wanted to be my agent she took me there and then I met the people that ran it who were delightful and they, they came to London and I hadn't got any time and I said well, why don't you come for breakfast? And they came for breakfast and they looked at my apartment and said, oh, we'd love to build your apartment, this room, as the entrance to our exhibition next year. So they did that and I was over for that, which was lovely. And then they said, um, my agent said, what would you really like? And I said, I'd love to do a collection for Ikea. So she manoeuvred me to meet the guy
0: and everything, and it all happened from there, which has been fabulous. For those, because obviously this is a podcast, um, I've been lucky enough to visit Zandra's apartment a couple of times, and it is a riot act of colour and (laughs) shape (laughs) and texture and everything that you could possibly imagine, um, especially on sort of a grey... Monday morning like this in London it really is um oh
1: well it's not very grey here you
0: can look it up no it's never grey over there you can look it up you can google it guys so that you can have (laughs) a look there's lots of pictures out there (laughs) have you always been a collector Sandra
2: I'm a collector but you could put
1: it as a hoarder with lots of dusty things I mean, I'm sure I ought to go around and flick things more with a duster than I do. Um, but, you know, anything I find inspirational, I collect, you know. I've got all around my table, I've got stones. I mean, I've got different bits of stones and pebbles, you know, bits piece of stone. <laughs> you know, that when I think about it, it sounds so, well, some are nice, like, Look, this is what an old, sh- was, it was once a shell. Oh, yeah. So this is all around my table. And if you move them, you can see the dust. <laughs> so we don't move them often enough, obviously. <laughs> the cleaner. You know, I, just, I just love collecting things and I love having things around me, you know. And then when the flowers die, I turn them into dry flower arrangements. <laughs> So I've got dried flowers and real flowers.
0: (laughs) Um, Do you remember where everything comes from? I always found I I've collected rocks over the years from various places I've been, but then sort of five ten years down the line, I don't remember which is from where.
1: I remember some of them, and some of them I don't. You know, I don't remember.
0: After fifty years, Sandra, why, (laughs) why is fashion important? Why is design... We have to wear, we have to wear clothes. I think that,
1: that particularly in this time of lockdown or maybe coming out of lockdown, which we don't really know, you've always got to wear clothes. So it's nice to have a lovely focus on things. I've got to, I really feel that we mustn't... I don't think we should be so... Throw away because I don't think that the world's got the space to be throwaway. But I do think that you still need new things, you know, um, whether it's a pair of socks or whether it's maybe a nice sweater or a blouse. I think you, need, you do need new things because things do wear out. But I don't think we've got to always go for new, new, new. I think we've got to spread ourselves so that we can we can be on both sides. So that there's still a fashion industry, but it's not destroying the world's resources.
0: Mm. I, I completely agree. What changes have you seen in in fashion? Well, <laughs> in the industry or in people's approach, I guess in general, both good um. and for bad.
1: It's very difficult to quite say at the moment because some people or some parts of the industry have bravely still shown. I suppose you're still, I mean, you have got mail order and Amazon going strong. It would be interesting to see what's going to happen after that, whether people will want to shop in the same way, um,
2: gosh. I think
1: that, 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 that it's going to be more possible to sell through the internet and through all of these things. I mean, isn't it marvellous that, you know, people like us can be talking to each other about the whole situation? So I think that we're, we'll be able to find out once we know that, Um, we can move around freely. Which is something we can't believe at the moment. Mm.
0: What's it been like for you? Um, I know previously you were always someone who travelled a lot and moved around a lot.
1: I can't. When I look back to February
2: 20, what is it? 2020 2020 I had been to China twice.
1: I had been backwards and forwards from California. I'd been doing a book tour in America, mainly New York and and LA. And suddenly we come back to March 2020 and my, my reservation to fly back into America to pack up my home. Was cancelled. They said you can't, you haven't got the right visa, you can't go back into America. And I had to have my whole home packed up without me. So everything has been a new adventure. So it's been a new adventure to be in my home continuously, nowhere else. I mean, even Christmas, I couldn't go to Wales, you know, to my friend Andrew Logan. So it's been a very strange time. I mean, I, I, I was always travelling, and now I've been only in one
2: place. I mean, it has been amazing. Do
0: you feel like you're quite an adaptable person?
1: I think I'm adaptable, yes. Although, I mean, I do miss my friends because speaking to them on Zoom or on WhatsApp or just on the phone, it's so different from seeing them for real. So it's quite an amazing experience, really. Yeah, it doesn't quite cut it, does it? I mean, in a way, you keep saying, thank goodness for Zoom or Teams or whatever we we can talk on. I think it's been a saving grace, but on the other hand,
2: it's still very remote
1: and you still realise it's nothing like being with real people.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Has colour always been a really big part of your life? Were you ever very much a navy and black and white person? (laughs) Never.
1: I mean, I was once challenged, I think, by the Daily Mail to wear black for a week. First of all, I didn't realise how little black I had. But once I'd lived up to that challenge, I felt very boring for me. You know what I mean? I'd think, well, what can I do with it? How can I make myself look all right? Not that I look at myself in a mirror once I'm dressed, I don't really look very often, but it, you know, and then I found I was always having to decorate it up with like my Andrew brooches and things, so that at least if I'm in my colour, I've got me here.
0: <laughs> does it feel very much a part of your identity, the colour?
1: Oh, it does. And the makeup, and the makeup. Like, I always put my makeup on before I do anything else, well, after my bath. But the point is that once, once or twice, for example, let's say it was a weekend, and if I didn't put my makeup on properly, I'd go out and put, say, the dustbins out downstairs outside the museum, and suddenly there'd be someone across the road with a camera, and I'd go, oh, oh. So rather than that ever happen, I make sure that this bit of me always looks all right even if i am in the worst of the rest of dungarees ever after that
0: (laughs) i hate nothing more than an afternoon lost to googling particularly when it's for products or methods to support my well-being so i'm thrilled that this episode of priorities is sponsored by healthy living store the simple online one-stop shop for quality wellness products and expert advice their aim is to make living healthy simple and they take a full 360 degree approach to health, incorporating nutrition, movement, mental health and sleep to help support even those who are normally pretty sceptical of well-being. I'm a big fan of the fatigue fix tincture, and I'm also currently eyeing up a new ergonomic home office chair as well. Healthy Living Store are kindly offering any listener £10 off their first order with £35 minimum spend. You simply need to use the code Lily10. Check them out on www.healthylivingstore.co. That's healthylivingstore.co with the code L-I-L-Y 10 Sandra, as you know, the podcast is about priorities, so what's important to us. What's an area in your life that you'd like to improve on? What's something that you'd like to prioritize more in your life? I'd like to prioritize being tidy. <laughs>
1: you can't you can't see my untidiness because it's out, out of the view of the camera, but I don't put things away enough. I, it would be nice. I, lo- I, I don't regret having all these things around. I don't really mind about the dust. I mean, I'm not quite Quentin Crisp level, but um, I like having things around, so that doesn't make any difference, but it would be better if I kept them tidy. I think that should be a priority, being tidy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does it feel like something that you can improve on? Does it feel like somewhere you want to put your energy?
1: Oh, that's different. <laughs> because, because another priority might appear, you know. Another priority might be, I wish to draw that flower today. So... I draw the flower and then I leave all the bits out afterwards. Um, It would be nice. I'd I'd like to do, I think I'd like to do more cooking. I've enjoyed, um, I'm very lucky. I have a lovely um, grown-up student who's helping me catalogue my work, Lottie, and she's been starting a cooking blog. So we get variety, so that's very good. (laughs) <laughs> so we have variety and, and everything which is great so um, maybe a priority is making sure that I keep up that, uh, making di- thinking of different things to cook as well but I mean I'd like to do more drawing, you'd think being holed away that I'd have got more drawing done but I didn't you know in all this shutdown so Amazing, really.
0: Yeah, and you're certainly not the only one who thought that they'd get more of something done having well, been down for a good year and absolutely... Well, no, you really would. You'd think, oh, I'll find all that extra time.
1: Well, it floated out the window somewhere. We fill our time, don't we, no matter what we've got. Yes, yeah. we, uh, yeah. we fill our time.
0: So, Sandra, um, has there been a moment in your life when your priorities have shifted in an instant or very, very, very swiftly? I know that in lockdown, you found out that you had cancer.
1: Well, that was, that was
0: enlightening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went in, they said, well, you've got cancer. Um, and um, you might only have six months to live. (laughs) Hello, I'd get my will finished. I had to get my, work out a catalog of what I owned so I could work out that I'd always planned that this this, um, rainbow floor would become a part given to the museum to show how I lived and show my clothes in a changing exhibition. On the top floor. Um, so it then meant I had to catalogue it. And since I'm the world's, what should I say? I'm a hoarder and a collector. So it meant that all my fabulous pieces of pottery by Carol McNichol and um, uh, Kate Malone, and my paintings by Dougie Field, and my sculptures by Andrew Logan all had to be categorised, photographed, given a number, work out what was going to happen to them. So all the time getting my treatment, I was having to do all this cataloguing to work out what I owned. It was quite funny. And then they said, I've got an extension. So I've now still cataloguing and the extension's just gone like elastic, but it still has to be dealt with. (laughs) So that had to become a priority. It was really like, um, it was funny because when I didn't tell anyone because I when they first said, well, you've got six months, and I said, what do you mean I've got six months? They're not launching IKEA until next year. I can't do that. But then the treatment was very successful, and so... I mean, I presume I've got at least two years. And so, um, you know, I just got on with my work and it was more, I got more done. So that was very useful, having that time. It was planned. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure priorities shift without you realising. You know, suddenly you find that you're spending a bit more time on how the garden looks or trying to, to get things organised, which, I mean, I'm sure once we come out of lockdown again, we're going to value friendships much more. So the priorities will change in the sense that what time you're going to devote to those friendships and having people around and maybe organising a lot better than
2: I did do on things like that. They shifted.
1: I mean, they're bound to have shifted. In the, I'm around a lot more, so you real. I think you you realise how much your friends mean to you, very much so. I think that that. That has to become a priority.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you someone that responds well in a crisis or to big periods of
2: change?
1: I wouldn't have said that I respond well to a crisis. I think I often could go into a panic mode, but with the case of my cancer, I didn't. I... It somehow pulled me together, you know, whereas other times when there's been a crisis, I might be running around like someone without a head for a short while
2: while I'm trying to work out what to do. But I feel okay now. That's good. That's great to hear.
1: (laughs) You know, and I I mean, it was, you know, I couldn't have thought of a better time to have it when I could... um, I mean you know because when I was having chemo treatment for 3 months I found I had to I had to rest but no one knew because you couldn't I was you know in my little castle where no one could get to me so it was it was an interesting time
2: Okay
1: Is there now any- I- Masses of work and I haven't got time to do anything else. (laughs) Say that again, sorry. Now I'm so busy I haven't got time to do anything else. I haven't even got time to be ill. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a very interesting time.
0: So when are um, are you hoping to have your
2: work, the catalogue, finished? Well... Squirrelled away in this building, I have a hundred and three silver chests of clothes. Um, Probably about four
1: foot by two foot by three foot. Each box holds at least a hundred garments. And we're about just over a third so far. So all of these garments are appearing. Some are good, some are bad, some are indifferent, and we're photographing them all. And we're, we're getting them out from where I've squirreled them away so that they become something. So it's been, it's been a wonderful adventure just think, oh, gosh, When did I design that one? You know, some of them are marvelous, like people go, Oh, that's fantastic. And some I call dogs. (laughs) So we, (laughs) I know, I know. So we've been busy doing a quick summary of what we've got before we start working it out. So it's almost like China sent this for us to be able to sort our lives out. And maybe we'll get it done or maybe we won't.
0: (laughs) I just got one last question for you, which is that, do you feel like your illness, if you don't mind me asking, back to that again, if, if your illness has shifted your
2: perspective on life at all? No. What I can't understand is that, when I was told, I had absolutely no,
1: it wasn't, I didn't go into a panic mode or anything. I, all I thought was I need to sort my life out. And I need to get things done and
2: sort it out so that I could leave my legacy behind but i i don't know maybe
1: maybe i was born with something that said to me you don't you don't worry about something like that do you know what i mean now
2: i'm not my partner died nearly 2 years ago um
1: i mean i've managed to found the museum and i've got things I mean things are in some sort of order. So it was more, I've got to get my life in order and deal with everything so that everything is sorted out. You know, was really the situation.
0: Yeah, I guess more like that rational, practical part. Yes, whereas, for example,
1: if I was married and I had children, it would be more of what would I what I've got to do with everything in some in that case. Whereas it's what have I got to do with everything? And I've got to make sure that it doesn't go to the state <laughs> and that the valuable pieces go to the the museums. I deal with the museum that I founded and I check that my things I've collected and treasured
2: are go to the right places
1: and the right people. So that, you know, I mean, and and that everything is, is, is sorted out to go to posterity because I believe that the work I've been doing for all those years should go to posterity. So I think that's really the case.
0: Hmm. Well, the world is richer for it, for everything you've what created I- and collected. Absolutely, and collected or hoarded, whichever word you want to...
1: Collected or hoarded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Zandra, so we can... um, I know you've got your Happy Socks recent collaboration, so there's a limited edition collection Oh, I
1: know. It's been wonderful. And, I mean, I've been getting so many people enjoy... I had a wonderful call from um, John Waters, who did all of Divine's films, and he said to me, Oh, I love my happy socks. So I thought that's wonderful, you know. So it's been quite fabulous.
0: <laughs> and then the Ikea collection later this year.
1: And then I did um, a wonderful head bed head for Savoir. <coughs> So I've been trying to get the storage boxes out of my bedroom in order to have a proper bedroom with a magical Savoir bed. I mean, what more could I ask in life? You know, get my life in order. <laughs> and your bed in order. Look, everyone, the rest of the world think it's in order, but it needs dusting off and,
0: you know, looking a bit better. <laughs> Your priority for today, until you get distracted by a flower. That's it.
1: Very much so.
0: <laughs> All right, Sandra. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. And oh,
2: such fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I'd right. better start listing my priorities and get them organized. <laughs> if it's helpful.
0: If you find it helpful.
1: Yes. Very <laughs> uh, much so. It's quite it's actually quite good to be asked about priorities and suddenly think, yeah, I'd better get them all
0: listed and sorted out. <laughs> but as you say, they also shift a lot. So <laughs> gotta stay flexible with them. Thanks so much, Sandra. Take care wonderful it's been fabulous if you enjoyed this episode of priorities i'd really appreciate it if you could make it your priority today to hit subscribe and also rate and review as this helps other people find it need a little incentive every month i offer one free six-month membership to my online studio mindful moment all you have to do is hit subscribe rate review the podcast and then email a screenshot of your review to podcast at lilysilverton.com for a chance to win thank you so much for listening Take care.